welcome to the most wonderful time of the year, Oktoberfest 2020. <laughs> welcome everyone to the Project Gen X podcast. We are in Oktoberfest 2020. Oktoberfest. Dave loves doing that. Anyways, guys, this episode we're going to be talking about the 1989 movie Pet Cemetery, based on the Stephen King book of the same name. Which the he actually did the screenplay for this. Yes, also. and he also appears in it. Did uh, have you read the book? I have. It was. All right, tell us about. Go ahead and tell us about the book. I don't was, know. I don't know enough. It was one of the first Stephen King books I read, and it was one of those things that. I actually checked it out from the library and beknownst to my mother. Oh, yeah. And I was young yeah. and reading it in bed at night when mm-hmm. I was already supposed to be in bed. And it, Which is perfect for reading Stephen King. Yeah. I mean, that's. An, and it freaked me out. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It freaked me out. Uh, okay. Well, as we go along, you tell us a little bit about the book uh, honestly, as, as, with, as with the movie, if you can. I, honestly, I don't. I haven't read the book in years. Okay. Um, I do know that the book, as with most books, it gets deeper into the storyline and all that. And the book actually hits harder than the movie. Okay. Whereas the the book is more horror. Right. The movie tends to be more of a thriller than okay. it is horror to me. Yeah, that was... Um, I, I had not seen this movie in a long while until I watched it uh, last night. Yeah. <laughs> and I remembered it differently. Then, then, um, really, yeah, and and I say that in not that I remembered the movie itself, like you know the story being different. I just remembered the tone of the movie being different. Honestly, I remembered it being a lot better than it turned out <laughs> to be. Is what I remember. I like it because it's a little cheesy. <laughs> it wow, well, uh, you know, and this is something that I, I have noticed with a good chunk of movies that I that that. At one time, like especially when they were released, you know, back in the 80s and, and even into the 90s of movies that are like, oh, I love this movie. They're so good and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then I go back and watch them and I'm like, wow, the acting really sucks in this. It's what like, is going on? Wow, you know? that, didn't, that didn't hold up yeah, at all. Yeah, and, and I'll have to admit, the acting in this movie is terrible. Yeah, uh, it is. By it pretty is. much everybody. I mean, even I remember I remember um, um, Fred... Um, Fred Gwynn being better, yeah, than he was, you know. Um, it, and it, it was almost like he was playing a non-Herman Herman monster. Yeah, I know, and that's movie. the whole thing. He'll always be. You no, know, I, mean, you know, I understand he's done other stuff besides the monster. Yeah. he was in Car Fifty Four. Where are you? And right. several other, but he will always be Herman Munster to me. Yeah, and he was really good as Jed. You know, in this, like I, I enjoyed. I, let's put it this way: he was a lot better in this role than um, uh, what's his name. I haven't seen the remake. And I I've have purposely not seen the third remake. rock from the sun. Uh, John Lithgow. Oh, yeah. John Lithgow plays him in the, and that was a whole like, Oh, John Lithgow's playing this role. This should be good. And it yeah. turned out not to be, mm. uh, the acting was better, but he just wasn't as good in the role. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Pet Cemetery. I remember watching the movie. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it when it hit home video. I guess it was probably in 1990 or something. You VHS. know, yeah, exactly. And really, you know, it's one of those things that that from the very, like, the opening scene, they punctuate what's going to happen with the truck. Like, that's the first thing you see is this truck barreling down the road. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're really, you know, 
you're, you're something something's going to get hit. That's what you yeah. know. You know. Um, well, in the book, you know, it was emphasized about the right, road and right. that trucking company and the trucks. You know, hammering up and down mm-hmm, that road. Mm-hmm. My first thought from watching this last night was, why didn't you put up a fence first thing? <laughs> <laughs> See that all along that front road, like yeah, that, no, yeah, you put the fence up. That that's you a, thinking as a father, uh, yeah, and it is because because <clears throat> I was thinking the same thing, and I'm I'm not a father. I tell so. you, a few years ago, I nearly wound up in that situation with my son. Wow, I called him. He took off. He was you know being a kid, yeah, you know, and whatever, and he took off running towards a very busy highway, and I called him about two steps wow. before he got there. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those things I haven't run that fast in years, <laughs> you know, I mean, but it was, yeah. you know, but it is one of those things, you know, with being, being a father, you learn to keep your eye on your kids at all times, especially when they're little, because they can be gone in no time whatsoever because yeah. <laughs> they're kids. And I was the same way when I was a kid, you were the same way when you were a kid, oh, that's yeah. just, it's just being kids, you know, but it is a situation where, uh, they, they really did hammer it home. I mean, really hammered it home. The... The main uh, dialect is pretty comical sometimes. Yeah, they really hammer on that. They also. really, you know, Fred <laughs> Gwynn Fred, and, yeah. and Missy both. You know, I mean, that's a uh, that was one. That was a thing that I had forgotten. I remembered. Um, I remembered the scene at the cemetery where Stephen King plays the yeah. the, 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 the preacher, the minister, the, who's, pre- you know, the yeah. priest. Yeah, but I kept thinking that it was gauges. No, but no, but it was Missy. I had forgotten about that, and that that scene in the book is actually a lot deeper yeah. than her just, you know, hanging herself. Mm-hmm. That was, and like I said, I had completely forgotten about that scene. Yeah, and uh, I had also, um, I hadn't forgotten about the Zelda stuff, but I had forgotten. I, I did go see the remake last, I guess, almost two years ago now when it was released, and. They got into the Zelda stuff a little bit, but not as much as they do in this yeah. this one. Uh, they also what were we saying was it Pascal the Pascal okay yeah. the the ghost is not in the remake nearly as much, and so that was one of those things that in this one when I was watching I was like oh wow I forgot how much he actually is, and that explains why for years like afterwards you know the the box cover was him. Yeah. You know, it said Pet Cemetery, and then he was like in the upper third, you know, kind of with yeah. the head. And I was always like, man, what? I don't remember that, you know. And in the book, he's in it quite a bit. He's, right. He's, there's really two forces at play here. There's the evil, right, which is basically where the ground has gone sour, right, up at the Indian burial it's ground. The, was it the I pic- forget picnic. Pick, was it Mick Mick? What, I, can't in, I can't remember which that. native. It's it's. And I don't want. I want to say it correctly. I mean that's yeah, I do the. Too. Uh, I don't wanna do they in the quack? It, it's they spell it M I apostrophe K M A Q. Yeah, burial grounds. The in the book, did they get into how all of that works? Because they don't in the movie at all. They just say that this is this was the burial ground. And that's I it. I can't remember. I, mean, it's, I, I need to go back and read the Because I know Stephen King's but, writing it tends to be very, very detailed. Yeah. And it's in the book, they lean more towards once he buries that cat up there, mm-hmm. there is a series of events that just keeps getting worse and worse and mm-hmm. worse to where it's more. it feels more like an entity stalking the family than it okay. does just... Yeah, that's... You know, they... they the whole the church 
you know, the yeah. situation and getting into that. And then he tells the story later about, was it the Miller kid that, yeah. that, that, you know, someone right after world war two, that his father had put him in the, you know, had put him, had buried him up there and he came back and he basically was a zombie yeah. is what it was, you know? Uh, and, it was, um, no, it was, um, Baderman. It was Bill Baderman buried his son, Timmy. Timmy, okay, that's what it was. Timmy, and, Timmy okay, that's what did I pick up Miller? I don't know. <laughs> he, he returns as a, a malevolent zombie. Yeah, and that's because the first the first scene you see of him, he's he is he's eating a, a a leg like he's got someone's leg. He's like he's like yeah, and it, and it almost looks like maybe he dug it up or or he was burying it or something. I think he might have been. No, burying. I think he might have been burying it right. like a, like a dog buried right like right a bone because he was already been gnawing on that for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely uh, it was it was and then the fact that they burned the house with him and his father yeah. inside, which the father they show he tries to get away and but Timmy grabs him, grabs and, him and won't and let him, him yeah. into the fire, and that's what ha- ends up happening with uh, Judd's house later. Well, Judd sets his own. Ha- uh, he no, sets- he didn't. It was uh, no, um, no, it was uh, what's his name uh, set the house on fire. Uh, Lewis. Yeah. Lewis went over and burned um, the house after Judd had died and, yeah. and after he'd killed um, Rachel. Uh, yeah. And also after Gage, he had killed Gage and, and uh, yeah. um, he burned the house with uh, Jeb and with all of them. Well, Gage not her. And he yeah. carries Rachel. Right. That's the last scene of the movie. Right. Is him he, carrying her. Well, that's not the last scene of the movie because well, she comes. The, the last scene is her coming back and grabbing the knife. Yeah. Um, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen a 30 year old movie um, or seen the remake. Well, actually, the remake. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. How does the book end? I should have read the book before we did this. I was going strictly. But you don't on. remember? I don't remember. Neither, okay. Uh, I'm sure we could probably look up the differences in the, the remake. Yeah. Okay. Because all I have to go on is the is are the movies. Yeah. Okay. In the remake, Gage is not the one that gets hit by the by the truck. It's the sister. No, it's always been Gage. Well, not in the remake. It was even wasn't. even no. in the even in the, in the book. No. It was Gage. In the remake, it's the sister. And, she gets hit, and, and then he takes her up there, and you know, okay. No, that's completely wrong. Okay, because Gage getting hit by the truck and getting killed is what drives him into right. the madness. Right. That, well, let me say in the remake. Yeah, she gets hit. He takes her up there, and she's around for a little while, like more than just the day, like this is. You know, it's one of those things that you're you're seeing her progress. Yeah, she is actually verbal, unlike you know, like I mean, she's actually like carrying on conversations, but it's very much a. I know what you did. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to come back. This is you know uh, okay. type stuff. The way the book ends. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's buried Rachel. Uh, he's sitting alone indoors playing solitaire. Rachel's reanimated corpse walks up behind him, drops a cold hand on his shoulder while her voice rasped, darling. Okay. That's kind of how this yeah. movie ended, kind of. They, they go just a little bit further than that, but you get, he is sitting on the, the kitchen floor yeah. playing son. Okay. In the remake, this is what happens. The daughter, uh, Ellie, yeah. kills everybody except for Gage. Gage is still alive. He and he's like in the the car, kind of like the Cujo thing. He's yeah. like locked himself in the car. She kills both the parents and takes them to the pet cemetery and buries them. 
the final scene of the movie is all three of them walking back from the woods and Gage is in the car. And they're like, hey, Gage, open the door. Open the door. And then you hear the door lock open like it like it opens and that's the end of the movie so yeah and that's the so they went they went a little yeah that's and then okay so here's Uh, the thing they changed it too. yeah they 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 did they definitely went with a different but it didn't the thing is it didn't make it any more spectacular than than this one you know uh aside from some of the special effects and especially some of the acting this is a much better movie than than the the remake remake. i remember hearing someone uh, say that that the movie felt like a cover song that somebody tried to make their own but yeah. but just made it worse you know and that's true same thing with the song pet cemetery by oh don't tell me they didn't get the remote no version. they didn't they got somebody else to do it and it's not good i mean it is not good at all now what i did what i didn't remember is that we get two ramon songs in this one yeah uh, cuz uh, she, she is a punk rocker is playing when the, the in driver the truck. right when the like, driver hits yeah. gate and then of course when the the credits roll they play pet cemetery which yeah. is one of my favorite ramon songs yeah. I love that song. Um, that um, you seen the video for Pet Cemetery? If I have, it's been so long. Okay, it's out of my it's, re- it's really it doesn't really have any like movie clip like a lot of movie, like videos did. You know, where they would have yeah. movie clips or this or that or whatever. It's really just them performing, but they have like like fake uh, cemetery set up and there's like people who are like coming in and out like they're going to a, a funeral and all this oh, kind of okay. stuff it, but it's still kind of one of those like no this sets the, the proper tone for yeah. this song and for and, and the whole thing is is that even though the song itself doesn't really like tell the t- the story of the, the 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 movie or the book or that kind of stuff it does get the the tone right yeah of you know it, it's it's setting up this like horrific you know, like feel like, you know, like a Halloween feel or whatever. Yeah. And the chorus is, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. You know what I mean? And that's, that's pretty much what the movie is. And, you know? and, <laughs> and King himself is a big rocker yeah, and from, yeah. from that area. He, he loved the Ramones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that he was able to get them in the movie. I'm right there with him. So now, <laughs> now here's something that might have made the movie a little bit better actually, okay. because originally King had sold the rights for the movie to George Romero Ooh, for ten grand. That would have been nice. And King had previously declined several other offers for film adaptations. Romero had to pull out of the production because he was in the middle of doing monkey shines. Uh, and somebody else got the gig. You ever seen monkey shines? No, I haven't. I saw it years ago. It's yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, here's something else that I found interesting watching the movie. And it's, again, this goes into the stuff that I remember, okay? And I'm sure you do as well. Do you remember there was a commercial in the early 90s, I guess it was? Okay. Yeah, it would have had to have been the early 90s since this was released in 89 uh, for the Stephen King Book Club. Oh, yeah. I was trying to talk my parents into paying for it so I could do it i remember very vividly like because there was like the the shot of church you know with the glowing yellow eyes that was in that commercial okay and then and it's funny because like there weren't really that was the only thing that i remembered from that commercial being from any of the movies like any of his movies like nothing else yeah until i was watching it last night because i had again i had not seen the movie in a while 
when he goes to Judd's house after Gage has come back and he's having that vision on the inside of the house where everything's kind of like grown over mm-hmm. and like as a, all of that was in the commercial also. Oh, as really? soon as I saw it, I was like, that's what all of that was. Okay. <laughs> that's a, but yeah, that Stephen King book club, you know, that, that they had, that, that you could, you know, the Wayne Hunter number you'd call, you know, and they would yeah. send you a new book like every month or whatever, you know. What I ended that, up getting from my parents was a library card. There you go. So that hey, I could go check the books out anytime I exactly, wanted. You know, the first Stephen King book that I read was Eyes of the Dragon. Good book, and that's that was, part of the Dark Tower series. But was it originally, or did he bring that in later, like he did with some of his other stuff? Well, I can. I'm almost positive because I I know that with you're more the you're the Stephen King guy here more than I am, but I do know that like through the Dark Tower stuff, he brought in a bunch of his other stories, and basically it was it became an all encompassing thing. And I wondered if the Eyes of the Dragon was intended to be part of that, or if it was something that he brought in later. Well, considering it has all the same characters from the Dark Tower, I mean, with with mm. all of them, it, and and it's the it's his main group as children. Okay, it's when they were being. Well, see, I I did not read. I read about half of the Gunslinger years later. Like I was in college, I think, when I was reading it. And um, I I didn't remember enough of Eyes of the Dragon to put the two together, because Eyes of the Dragon came out with late '80s somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm trying. I, to, I was I'm trying to find out where it. it follow where it falls in the hierarchy. Yeah, like I said, I remember reading it when I was in high school, and that was also at the time when I really started getting into a lot of his. I really I really love Stephen King's anthology books. You know, like um, oh, the short stories. Yeah, stuff. you know, like Night Shift, and you know, and different stuff like that. You know, that's where you get like, uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, Children of the Corn came out of that. Like it was a short story in there. Um, a lot of what what became, um, um, what was the uh, what was the anthology of his stuff? Um, oh, oh Cat's Eye. Uh, a lot of what became there's Cat's a, Eye came out of... There's a bunch of... Oh, well, I'm talking yeah. about, like, the movies. It was, like, that was... what A lot of what became the movies, the movie Cat's Eye came out of those anthology books as well, like The Ledge yeah. and, you know, a few of those things. The Ledge was one of those stories. I remember reading it. I think that was in Night Shift also. I remember something very vividly when he's going around that ledge, you know. The, the, the whole story is this guy, he, he double-crossed a mobster basically what it is and yeah. he the monster i think this is what kidnapped his wife i think it is and he basically tells him if you want to see her alive again you have to go he's on the penthouse you know at, at this monster's penthouse he's like you have to walk all the way around the 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 ledge of this building uh you make it all the way around you know without yeah. falling basically and i remember very vividly like there's this one passage where he's where it's in the guy's head and he's looking and he's calculating you know how far up he is. Um, I won't say he's like on the 90th story or something. It's something I forget where it is. It's something pretty high, you know. And he talks about how long it would take to fall. And he says he he says that's long enough to think about what's getting ready to happen before it actually does. Yeah. <laughs> and that stuck with me. I was like, oh, you don't think about that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's not part of the. Eyes of the Dragon isn't part of the actual Dark Tower series, right. but it's a story from in that the, world. In um, that world, same as uh, Song of Susanna. Okay. Uh, was it Song of Susanna? Hold on, there was another one here. 
So you're getting into like really serious, like <laughs> yeah, song, song of Suzanne. This is way deeper than I've ever I've ever gone with, with Stephen King. There's, so there's actually a book that somebody has put out that actually is like the timeline of the Dark Tower series and how it weaves its way through all the rest of his other books. The Dark Tower series is basically the silver thread through all the rest of his his books. I knew that that, that they had kind of done something like that. Let's talk a little bit. like Okay, so we had um, Dale Midkiff plays Lewis Creed in this. Yes. Um, Who is a dead ringer. For, well, you said I, I didn't I, get that, but you said go ahead. It, it was enough that I actually looked it up. He, I knew there was no way it could be um, Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. but his mannerisms and his speech patterns and all that reminded me of a really super young Nathan Fillion. Hmm. And I started doing some research on it, and it's not. Oh no! In mm-hmm. fact, they they actually meet each other in one of um, an episode of Castle. Oh really? And they're okay. and they're they almost look like uh, like, like twins, a, like a, no, like an older uncle, oh, okay. and, and nephew type. thing. Yeah, because he he's definitely older than 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 Nathan Fillion. But it, it, it it's a it's kind of a little eerie, actually. You know, it's funny looking at this. I don't really see anything in here that he starred in after this, or the, even before the, the television that, show, The Magnificent Seven. Okay, but I mean, like. You know, like he was in the movie Casual Sex, but he's like a bit player in it. And he was in, he played a Ewing in one of the Dallas movies. Um, oh, he was in Street Walking. That's funny. I, I reviewed that a few years ago. Here, here's the thing with Street with Street Walking. It's this 1985 movie uh, about it's about prostitutes. You know. Okay. Um, the thing about it, though, is that it was re-released on on DVD, like because Melissa Leo is in the movie, it was like one of her first roles, and this really? was right after she won her Academy Award, and all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we got this thing. Oh, the okay. other notable person that's in there is Julie Newmar. Oh yeah, is in it, and uh, it, it's uh, I, I reviewed it. It's bad, but yeah, he was in that. That's I, funny. I don't remember, know if most people remember the TV show, The Magnificent Seven. I don't. Um, it, but he was in 22 episodes as Buck Wil- uh, Wilmington. I said, I'm going through, and I see he, he has been... He was, a, he he has was been, in Air Bud. He has been a, a working actor, but yeah. nothing of real significance. I see CSI. Yeah. I see Nancy Drew. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I, I don't... I mean, good on him that he's, he's continued working all these years. Yeah. Uh, the other notable person in here, we already talked about Fred Gwynn, obviously. It was Denise yeah. Crosby. Most notably known as um, uh, the what? No, security what's her name though? I, come on, what is her name? I can't believe it. Tashi is it Tashi? Not Tashi. Is it Tashi R? That sounds right. Hold on, hold on. Looking Let me get it, it right Looking because I don't want the Star Trek fans to come at me. Um, oh, and they will come at oh, you. Oh, I know. Believe me, I know. Television, television, television. Come on. Uh, Tasha Yar it is Tasha Yar. Tasha okay. Yar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Tasha Yar, right, twenty-seven right. episodes, New yeah. Generation Star Trek, and it was one of those things they killed her off because she posed. In she Playboy. posed it well. She had posed in Playboy, I think, before, or she had posed for them, but it didn't get published. And then she got cast on on um, um, Star Trek, and then they're like, "Hey, wait a second, this is we're a family friendly show," you know? <laughs> yeah. And they killed her off, but then they brought her back later as a clone. 
Uh, and she's been in some other notable stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. she was in Deep Impact and um, Curse of the Pink Panther. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, she was on Lois and Clark. I mean, she's been in, she's been I mean bit roles, you know, and stuff. Yeah. She was on Jag. Um, I, oh, I've I seen her. About that. I've seen her around in a lot of st- stuff over the years. Of course, she's been in several Star Trek stuff since then. Yeah. Um, oh, she was on Castle also. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the. Um, well, Fillion's got a habit of bringing people that he's already worked with guess, into his uh, show, uh, which is something actually. She's been on Family Guys herself. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and then the the kid that played Gage, his name is Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes. The only other thing I ever oh, well, he was in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. He was her. He was the son yep. in that one. He was I, also in Spawn. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, he had. A, he was the little kid in Spawn that was living in the alley exactly. and that uh, uh, Todd McFarlane was his yeah. dad. Um, but I think he was on, he had a reoccurring role on Full House. Uh, he was one of Michelle's friends. Um, I remember that. And again, he's he was in Mercury Rising. Um, oh, he he's did, been in a bunch of stuff. He did Baywatch. Yeah, he so did Baywatch. That everybody did back then. He was in Tropic Thunder. He's yes. a radio DJ, huh? Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's one of those. He just has you, you oh, wait can't a there, miss him. Here, here's a title one of your favorite shows. Huh. Uh, he plays young Chucky on Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. It's the episode Chucky's back. I don't remember that one. <laughs> You're going back thirty years, there, man. Uh, yeah, but I know that you sat around. And oh, watched I watched them all. I know I've watched them all a couple and times over and over yeah. again. Uh, and I probably, if I saw the, I was like, oh yeah, it's that episode. I don't think there's anybody else really mentioned. I mean, Susan Blombert that played Missy has been in. She's a, another bit actor that has been in a bunch of stuff over yeah. the years. Um, oh yeah, she's on the blacklist. I remember that's, that's right. why where I yeah, saw her. Like, that's I, right. I kept trying to think where have I where have I seen her in that that I was like, oh yeah, she's on the blacklist. That's right. Uh, she plays Mister. Um, oh. That's like one of my favorite shows too. Like I'm, I'm catching was, up on you know, it right I, now. I need to. I, I, I jumped off of it. I think in the third season somewhere. But it, it's, it is definitely a, a show worth going. Which James Spader, anything James Spader's in is worth watching. Spader's I mean, awesome. Um, here's your Star Trek with that one. Go back and watch Boston Legal with him and uh, William Shatner. That is a great show. She was also in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, cool! So, I know I've seen her and stuff. She's got one of those faces, like, oh, it's that, it's that woman, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely the 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 blacklist is what I, I most note remember her from. Okay. Mr. Kaplan, that's who she played, Mr. Kaplan. The there was something I was going to get into actually with the show, and I don't remember what it was now, <laughs> or with the movie. Um, yeah, the. Uh, Oh, I remember this, I this asked you. This thing's such a slow burn. It really was. I mean, it did. I mean, it was. I don't remember it being as slow as it as the, as it is. It, it, I mean, it's that more again, of a it was. It's 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 a kind of growing, impending doom. The uh, the, the director the definitely on. was trying for something here. I, that's yeah. all I can say is he was trying for something. She. Was it a she? I'm pretty sure it was a she. Whoever was the director was really trying. Mary for Lambert. Something. Okay, she yep. was trying for something, and I don't think. I don't, th- I don't think she got there. And uh, maybe with you know a better actors, they might have been able to, to, to pull it off. Yeah. But it just, uh, again, it goes back to that whole sometimes you watch stuff and the style that they that they go with yeah. just does not hold up over time. Yeah. 
um, that one of the things that gets me going back and watching old movies, and, and I saw it in here, are those um, close-ups that kind of that are that seem jerky, where like it's not like oh we're 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 going from one scene to another, you know, we're making a transition yeah. here where it's like okay we're gonna go from we're showing Lewis over here and now we're gonna go over to um, what what was her name again um, Rachel Rachel. And rather than just being like, okay, here's Lewis and here's Rachel, it's like, here's Lewis, and then Rachel kind of does this, <gasps> you know, yeah. and it's like, you see that in a lot of movies from this era, where it's like, you didn't have to do that. There did not have to be any kind of motion no. for this to happen. You could have just, you know, she doesn't have to look surprised. It, it, the surprise can come after the after the jump. That's not a the, problem. The it's thing a, about it is, is that you see this a lot in a lot of those USA Up All oh, Night absolutely. movies. This is a prime candidate for Up All Night <laughs> yes, movie, it is. okay? Absolutely. Oh, you know what was one of the best Up All Night movies ever? And it's probably something that we need to maybe see if we can get a hold of it and, and cover it. This Since we haven't really made our full list yet. What's that? Night of the Slug. Or Night of the Creeps. That movie is so I totally forgot about so that. It's so cheesy and so over the top that it is well worth going back. Because the thing is, there's two endings to it. There's yeah. two different endings. There, there literally was the theatrical ending and yeah. then the television ending. And so, <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, yeah, and that, <laughs> that's all and I can that say thing, about that. And that, that thing played ad nauseum on Up All Night. I mean, it seemed like every weekend it was playing. Well, if so. it wasn't that, it was Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger or yeah. Up the Academy. You remember that? One? Oh yeah, <laughs> Ralph oh, Macchio, yeah. early Ralph Macchio movie. Uh, yeah, we got, we maybe got a, one of these days. We got to do a, a, a the best of Up All Night and go back and, and see because I know there. I think there is a there's there's a page that has like all the stuff listed. There, there's all kinds of stuff. Of course, you got the Gilbert Godfrey and Ronda Shear, you know, and you know, I, yeah, I enjoyed that, Ronda Shearer a lot more than I did Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Yeah, didn't so. we all? Uh, but, um, yeah, but this movie definitely would have, would have been, at the time, on my watch list for horror movies. You I know? typed in list of USA, and it was the first thing that auto... Up all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get love autofill sometimes whenever it does that stuff, so... Yeah. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to us talk about uh, Pet Cemetery and the get off of, some yeah. other tangents in the process. We talked a lot about Stephen King. We, we stayed in horror, at least, for most of it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we're going to be back really shortly after this. We're giving you two a week on these yep. uh, all through the month of October. And uh, we hope that you enjoy as much as we enjoy recording these because we really, really do enjoy doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gives us an all excuse our, to go and it does, watch a lot of... Uh, uh, guys, all of our information is in the show notes. We're not going to go, since we're doing so many episodes this month, we're not going to go through every one of them, you know, every time make you listen to it. If you just look down in the, in the show notes, we'll have a, we'll have links to everything. And uh, we will be back next time with something else great for uh, Oktoberfest 2020. And we are going to leave you right now with the Ramones Pet Cemetery. I don't want to be <laughs> Cemetery. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys. <laughs>